You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Racing around the world on Amazing Race and Flight Time and Big Easy, the Globetrotters, they were like the badass guys representing the Globetrotters. Y'all are also the kindest people. Um, y'all are joining me and y'all are three-time Amazing Racers. Hey, three-time losers. <laughs> it's so hard to lose, isn't it? It's, 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 Thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. We've, we've missed you. It's been a while since we've seen you. I know. Isn't that the crazy thing about Amazing Race is you're in this like little bubble and this little tiny little incubator with just these people and you're racing around the world having these wild experiences. You're getting so close to all these different teams and then it's just over and everyone disperses back to life. Like I had a little bit of a letdown. It was a hard transition to go back into real life for me. Did y'all struggle with that? Um, Not really. I think because, you know, we, we, continue to travel, you know, what would we do for our, um, our job at the time? You know, we were both still on the team and still traveling. And, you know, we were actually reliving the amazing race, you know, every night because when we go do shows and stuff, you know, people was coming because, you know, they enjoy watching us on the show. So um, it, it was cool to keep going, but I, you know, I would love to do it again. Like on that, at that point, and I was like, I want to win, you know? So on that point, yes, it's a letdown from losing. I wish to, you know, I wish I could do it again. Oh, yeah, I think I think one of the things that we all experienced and we would talk about amongst former racers are the right the race mares. Like even on tour, sometimes I know that I will wake up, think that I'm still running a race, and you know, think that I've missed race it along. I, yeah, yeah, I need to wake you know wake Big Easy up, but nobody else is in the room except for me. I mean, but that kind of, I think that's something that happens like a month or whatever afterwards, where you wake up and thinking that you're about to miss out on something. 
I think a lot of us have experienced that. Totally. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about you guys and your upbringing, how y'all got to the Globetrotters. Uh, Herb, I was just reading some of your book, Projects, Popes, and Presidents. First off, I didn't know you were a best-selling author. Like, you just wrote this book, and it just became a national bestseller, which is amazing. But you're talking about how you grew up, um, the way you were raised, how that impacted you. And I just sort of want to talk to y'all about your childhoods and what, what led you to basketball. And I know from your book, Herb, you had a lot of overcoming, and you saw some stuff that you didn't necessarily want to be, like even like when it came to being father and um, – a partner and all that, like you witnessed some stuff you, that made you go differently, but it was so important to you from the, the life that you had was so important to you and shaping you. And I'm sure, Nate, you have some stories too. So I just would love to hear y'all's upbringing, what led you to basketball and the Globetrotters. Well, I mean, from, I mean, as you read the first chapter of the book, that initial thing that I remembered in my book is what led me to the basketball. If you read more into the book, you'll know that that person you know, from that horrible experience with the person that led me to the opportunities that I have right now. This was your and mom's think, boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And and so I just feel like uh, all the experience and obstacles that I face have actually given me opportunity to see things in a different way uh, and not so negative at times. And I think that that's what's been one of the best things about uh, my life, being able to see things that way and live in that way and let people know that at the end of the day, you know, things are going to be okay. I've learned to not complain about certain things because at the end of the day, I realize that there are people especially from my travels that have a lot more, you know, horrible things going on in their lives than myself, you know, a former Harlem Globetrotter, even growing up, growing up in the projects of Arkansas. There are people who grew up a lot worse and are growing up a lot worse than I did right now in different parts of the world. So that first memory that you talk about in your book is your mom's boyfriend and he can't, he's riding up on a bike and then he just starts like beating up your mom physically and you were like right. four. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think I was about four years old and, you know, one of the things that that taught me is, you know, never to put my hands on a on a woman because I remember, you know, those experiences happened over and over again for a short period of my life. But it just, you know, put me in a mindset to where, you know, if I got to put my hands on somebody, I have to realize that, you know, that's somebody's mother, that's somebody's daughter. And now I have a daughter now and it even put things in more perspective that, you know, it's not right. It's not necessary. And, you know, there's other ways to, to work things out. And I love that you said it was just like not, uh, you you boiled it, you had re the reasons why you felt like that was happening was just like it, not being educated like you he just didn't know any better basically right 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 I mean it was it was a cycle you know that that person he it was something that he experienced growing up and you know if that's something that continues to happen and you're never taught a different way you kind of know that it's wrong but it's hard not to react when that's used, what you've been used to seeing for a large portion of your life not to make it an excuse. But there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of research out there now for us as men and women to realize that there are other things that we can do besides become physically violent with one another. I love that. But he also led you to basketball because he was an incredible yep. basketball player. So that's how you learned how to play basketball and like got into it, right? That's right. He led me, led me to the game of basketball. And I've had conversations with him even in the last year. You know, I still... Uh, you know, reach out and, and try to support him the best way that, that he can. Because at the end of the day, I don't think that he was a horrible person. He just didn't have the education that I have or the experiences I was able to have in order that I can see things in a different light. I totally agree. And so is that what led you to write your book? You said it was finally time for you to write your story. You retired from the Globetrotters, which, Nate, you still are going strong. You're not retired. You're still rocking and rolling. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Is that you? Yeah. So Herb, you retired from the Globetrotters, you've been there 18 years, and you finally said, okay, I'm going to write my life story. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's basically what happened because, I mean, probably about five years into my career, every time I would come home, and I'm sure Nate probably gets this as well, my homeboys, my friends, whatever, they would start asking questions, and they would say, man, you should write a book. And this happened for almost 12 years, and then finally when it was over with, I said, yeah, it's time for me to write a book. And uh, from writing that book, what I was able to do and what I feel like I've been able to do is give back you know, to people who've read it what the world has given to me, is, which is some amazing experiences. And that's what it's all about for me right now. It's about giving back and sharing my life stories and my life experiences so that some other people, when faced with similar situations, may know how to deal with these situations. And, and that's my main purpose now. Kindness is free. It doesn't cost us a dime. Give it away knowing that we'll never run, away, run out of it and, and, and just keep going. I love that. So, Nate, tell me a little bit about you. How did you grow up? How did you get your start into basketball? Um, I was, you know, I grew up in New Orleans. I grew up in the Mel for Me projects um, in New Orleans in the 90s, um, which was tough. You know, it was a lot of stuff I've seen that I wouldn't wish anybody to see, you know. Um, but everything I've been through and went through, it made me who I am today. It's the reason my, I'm as tough as I am. It's the reason um, nothing really fazed me. I always go hard, never make excuses. I don't give up on nothing no matter what. Um, just for me, basketball, it was, it saved my life. It was this point blank, you know, um, growing up, I grew up seeing the things I seen, all the murders and, and all, all the violence and the different things. It was part of growing up. Witness murder sometimes? Well, yeah, you, of course you see, you see some stuff that you, you don't want to, don't see growing up as a, as a kid. Yeah. You know, you, you did, you know, see some things and walking to school the next day, you know, you'll see some bodies still out there or. You, you get caught up, you know, the basketball court got shot up, you know, when I was younger, I was like nine years old. Um, me and one of my best friends, Wayne, was on the court watching the game and um, some guys at another project came and shot the court up, you know, and that was just part of growing up. It was part of the neighborhood we was in. Um, and it just made me tough. It, it, it made me like want to um, you know, do better, you know, and you, in order to do better, you have to know better. And um, I understood that being taller than everybody coming up, didn't mean that I was going to naturally play basketball. I had to work hard and and, and, and persevere and, and get through those things. And, you know, I didn't get a chance to play summer ball, AAU ball. I had to go work in the summertime, you know, because, you know, if I didn't work in the summertime, I wouldn't be able to buy my school uniforms for um, when school started, you know, and things like that. And so I went through some stuff and, you know, um, it, it made me who I am. My, my father got hurt um, when I was in uh, 11th grade, I think. Uh, he, he was a long shore on the river. Um, he saved somebody, had to stop to take care of him. And Wait, so cut, instead sorry, of going straight to college, I, you know, your father you got hurt. He was on a river. What happened? I cut out. Sorry. Yeah, you said your father got hurt. He was on a river. He was a he was a longshoreman. Yeah, he was a longshoreman. Uh, he worked on the river. We call it at, at the port, the port of New Orleans. We call it on the river down there. But yeah, he was a longshoreman. He got hurt. Um, he, he saved someone as he was getting hurt and, um, it, because of that accident, he had to stop working to heal up. My mother had to stop her job to take care of my dad cause he was home. And so, you know, I went to work. I worked at a place called Acme Oyster House. Um, I was washing dishes and shucking oysters at six, nine. Um, and it just, it made me understand like even more what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to college. I want to get an education and, um, the vehicle for me to do that was through basketball and, I think if it wasn't for that ball, um, you know, I probably wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. So I love that. And I was telling her just a little bit before we started, like, 
I struggle with the brokenness of this world. Like it's really hard for me to accept that there's so much pain and suffering in the world, especially with like young children. And you, you both witnessed a lot of violence as young boys and um, a lot of things that you decided not to do. And you made decisions to change your life and to change your mindset and to have a different way of living. But I agree with you, Herb, how you said a lot of it is just not knowing, not knowing better, being caught in this cycle. And I, it, it just crushes my soul that this cycle exists because I agree with you. If, we, if people could just learn a different way, it wouldn't, maybe the violence wouldn't have to be like it is or, or the suffering wouldn't have to be like it is. But like, how do you deal with a broken world when you know in your heart Things, things should be better and that everyone has like a good spark in them. We just might not know how to, how to be the best version of ourselves. Like, how do you not feel sad about it? Because sometimes I feel sad that there's just so much suffering going on. I think everything starts at home. You know, I think um, no matter what, you know, nothing is, not, you don't inherit anything, everything you see at home. So whether it's, you know, being, like Herb said, being violent, you know, he wants to break that cycle, you know, where there's um, somebody being mean, being a bully, being racist, being anything you, you see, it's at home. It's come from a time that they was taught that in their house. So my thing is, I try to break every cycle that I've been through, whether it was poverty, whether it be lack of education, anything that is, and any, everybody can do that at home. If you start there, if you start there and you teach your kids a different way, then you can break the cycle. It, it starts with you. It starts at home. You know, we want to change the world, of course. Like Herb said, you know, you want to say kindness is free. And that, that engulfs a lot of things. You know, he, when he says that, that, that puts a, a, a dome on everything. Because it is. If you're, if you're kind, that's going to eliminate a lot of stuff from, from the start. You know, that, and, and I love that. So I think it starts at home. It's tough to see certain things. It's tough to see people going through things that, that, that you saw. and But you know, I, I understand if at home, you know, if I practice and preach to my kids education and, and, and learning how to balance a checkbook and, 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 just, and, and getting your credit right, there's small little things like that that we didn't get the opportunity coming up. Um, it, it, could change, it could change the world. But I think everything starts at home, whether it's teaching them good things or bad things, it always starts at home. You can think about anything that happened in your life and how you look at other people and things around you and your parents had an influence on that. And so as parents, we got to make sure we, 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 we're saying the right things, doing the right things and having a positive influence with, with, on your kids. Carolina, I, I totally agree with what Nate says. I mean, it, it definitely starts at home, but a lot of, a lot of what I feel like we're dealing with now issues that we have is that, we're watching what's going on on television. We're watching too much news and we're getting worked up about things that we really have no control over. And we're letting that affect our homes where that is where we should be solving and letting our people know that everything is going to be okay. I mean, for myself, I saw myself getting caught up in what was going on early in the year, but I had to shift and realize that I need to be strong for the people that I can solve, you know, solve for within my immediate grasp. So if we can That's start at point. That's a good yeah. point. Because like sometimes I get overwhelmed by the, the hugeness of it. You see all this stuff on the news and TV and all of this, these terrible things that are happening and all this injustice and all these things that need to change and people who are suffering and being and the wrongdoing going on. And, and it's like, oh my God, I feel so overwhelmed. I actually feel like I can't do anything. But then like what you're saying and what I'm really trying to grasp as well 
It's where can I make a difference? Where do I have an impact? Where can I actually have a grasp to, to reach people and focus on that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and, and it's also about mental awareness. This is Mental Awareness Month, and that's one of the things that's being spoken on a lot, even in the sports industry. One of the things that I'm, you know, talking about and, and, and discussing a lot, I've, I've taken part in a um, mental awareness event just last month in Toluca Lake in Burbank, and I'm having another one on October 25th, this Sunday. It's a virtual slash in-person event where we're just having people come out and, and meet and greet and, and, and talk about, you know, what we're dealing with, working with a few people. But mental awareness is, is important. And in our community, growing up, and I, even now, it was kind of frowned upon to go out and seek help. I mean, I knew after my Globe Trot career ended after 18 years, I had to go and see, see a counselor to talk about the yeah. things that I was dealing with in my head. You know, I've been used to doing the same thing for 18 years, and that was no longer happening. But what yeah, I was able to realize is that I'd learned so much. But yeah, go ahead. No, but you're doing the same thing. And when you're a globetrotter, you guys are traveling the world. You're treated like, I mean, because you are, you're this celebrity team that comes in and makes people smile and happiness. You bring all this joy to the world and it's like a huge event everywhere y'all go. So probably to have that stop and then all of a sudden you're just her, you know I mean? You're her, the globetrotter, the amazing racer, the father, the right. author, all of that. But the whole, the whole, um, movement that happens with the Globetrotters everywhere you go is kind of gone. So what is that like transitioning from being involved with this team that is so loved and so respected and has so much energy around it everywhere it goes to being on your own? It's, it's uh, well, uh, it's about recreating the experience, but recreating it in my own way. All the things that I've learned over the course of that 18 years, for example, branding, I started my own brand swag ball, the Globetrotters started their own brand. Uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, building a home, you know, in, in Florida to be able to hold retreats and teach kids as well as adults a different way of, of living as well as a different way of thinking. It's just about being creative. I feel like God in the universe showed me the whole world over that course of 18 years so I can give back my perspective, you know, from my actual real non-biased view of the things that I've seen. And I've seen a lot and my experiences are all things that each one of us can build upon. That's interesting. I'd love to hear both of y'all's perspective on this. Y'all have seen the whole world from being in the Harlem Globetrotters and then traveling the amazing race three times. So I know I did it two times and I went to like 20 countries. So y'all probably went to like 30 countries on the amazing race. Who knows? And then you've traveled everywhere with the Globetrotters. And what I thought was interesting with the amazing race is when we were on that show, you really got into the life of it. They didn't like, you don't go to the amazing race and do like, touristy stuff they put you in the middle of real life living of whatever country you're in like you're one of the things we did was like um you we were made clothing at a at a, at a clothing like a kind of like a sweatshop and, and like you know you're in it doing that another one's like building a canoe like you get in the middle of what's happening in that culture on the amazing race which i found very enlightening to get to feel how people are living in those countries and I feel like probably you get that insight being a globetrotter too because you're welcome to these countries and you get to meet people who like your book says presidents popes and all these people you get to meet people who are decision makers for these countries and like really I, I don't know like you're really you really get a, a, a glimpse of how life works that not many people get and y'all have seen that on such a big global level what have you learned from your experiences of knowing these cultures and knowing these people who run these 
these countries and these cities and like getting to be with all these incredible people, but then be with everyday people as well. Like what have you taken from all of that? Well, I learned and, you know, I, I'm still traveling and still going. Um, I've learned, you know, when I got with the Globe Charters, I was coming from Hurricane Katrina. Um, I had just lost everything in the hurricane and um, basically had nothing. And um, the first trip I went on with the Globe Trotters was to India, went to Chennai, India. And, you know, it's a third world country. And, and, and there were, it looked like Hurricane Katrina was happening every day over there. Um, and, but they were the nicest people. Um, they, they smiled, they seemed happy. They are appreciative of being over there. And another thing I've learned from doing the amazing race and traveling with the Globetrotters is the, um, the, the, the more, the less fortunate, um, the poor people, um, the people who you don't, you know, quote unquote, seem like have a lot going on are the most gracious and the kindest and the nicest people, you know, we're doing a race. Remember when we first did the major race, you can, you can walk up to people and ask them to, Hey, buy me a hamburger or give me $2 for the, you know, for the, get this taxi. And, you know, you know, me and me and flight, we used to do tricks in the airport to get money, you know, take pictures and stuff, you know, to help us be able to get some food or something like that. And the people, who was driving the taxis or standing on a corner or just on the subway, regular hardworking day-to-day people would offer us money and food more than the people with the suits on, driving the Maseratis and the Ferraris and the people who, you know, who technically, you know, you're on the same level as. And, and, and that made me, like, realize, like, it's really true. Never judge a book by its cover because you walk in like, hey, like, oh, I think they're, they, oh, he's going to help us. And, you know, he or, he or she might shun this, but this person right here who, who might not be as dressed as, as much to impress and shoes are not shining like that would be the one to say, hey, come on, let's go. I, I know where you I know where you need to go. And we'll run next to a, a rickshaw and, <laughs> all the way through India to help us get to the next thing. And the person who was dressed lavishly and, and had all these things wouldn't even look at us twice. So I, I, I've learned that, you know, and once I already knew, like, Everybody is a person, just nobody by, by what you see. You know, wait till they show you who they are and then you judge them, you know, just because anything in life, it doesn't matter what, where that person comes from, what they look like. You have that conversation with them. You interact with them. And after your interaction, then you judge them. Mm. But, but other than that, everybody is everybody. Love is love and just enjoy yourself. And I, and I, I appreciate that as being a globetrotter to get to see those things coming from New Orleans, growing up in the projects. And now I've been to over 90 countries. So it's awesome. It's amazing. It's a great experience. What about you, Herb? Well, for me, um, what I learned is that the world is not as bad as we thought it was from looking at television. And I remember my first couple of years of globetrotting, I would tell people, don't believe everything you see on television, you know, because once you go to another country, you get different perspectives. And also, one of the things I also realized is that, you know, growing up, I was a person who was impressed with people, with their stature, what they'd accomplished, and excited to meet. But one of the things that I've learned throughout the course of life and traveling 18 years, of course, amazing racing, is that people are people, and and we're all human. And so I learned to not get overly excited about people that I meet, because the people that I met at the end of the day are human, just like me. You know, I met President Obama twice. I shook his hand, and he felt just like I did. You know, I saw him take a couple of jump shots. He missed just like I've missed sometimes. You know, I spun the ball on the president's, I mean, on the Pope's finger. His hand was just as sweaty as mine was. He was human. You know, he had a mom and dad back in Argentina, just like 
you know, the, uh, pr President Obama had family that he grew up with back in Hawaii. They're human. So talk to people like they're human and don't be, you know, you know, over uh, excited about people and the things that they have, uh, have accomplished. Be excited about the things that, that they are doing to help the world. That is so true. And Nate, you brought up a good point that sometimes the people who have the least are the most joyful and the most helpful. And sometimes those who seemingly have the most materialistically are not as joyful and as helpful. Why is that? Why is it when people have so little? Because I noticed that too on The Amazing Race when we went to Sri Lanka. In Sri Lanka, everyone mm -hmm. was so nice and happy and there was a lot of poverty and, you know, it's not a very wealthy country at all, but there was a lot of love, it felt like, in that country. What is that? Like, why do you think people who have so little are sometimes the happiest? I think it's because um, what people value, you know, what you consider rich, you know, what, what, what you could consider, are you rich and what you, you wealthy in what, you know? And like, for example, like me growing up in the projects in New Orleans, I wouldn't change any of that except for, you know, the, the violence and the murders, of course. I didn't know I wasn't, I, I, I was poor, you know? I, I, didn't, I didn't know I didn't have anything, you know? I was fortunate to, to me and my brother was the only two kids you know, in the project to have their mother and father living in the house. So we were happy, you know, we, we, were, we were excited until we got to age to want different stuff and, 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 and try to get different things. So we realized, okay, we, we are poor, but everybody around us was poor. So we didn't know, we felt like we were doing good. And I think um, people value different things, just like in Sri Lanka, they, you know, they, 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 they probably didn't value, um, money and, and, and material things. They value family, uh, um, relationship, friends, love, you know? And so to them, now they're wealthy. You see it all the time. The people with the most money have the most problems. You know, the, the people who are so wealthy, they happy. And you know, sometimes, you know, boom, you got this big old house and all this money, but you sitting in that room alone, who cares? Like, you know, I, I, I'm from New Orleans and I grew up with this group of people who went through these things with me when we were younger. Those are my friends still to this day. I can call, text or whatever with them to this day. And, and it, it's about, you know, those relationships and those friendships and being, being wealthy. Wealth, that's the wealth you need. I think that's what some people look at. And also, you can't yearn for nothing that you never had, you know? So you make the best out of the situation that you're in. So like, of course, like now I can be like, oh man, I don't have this anymore, that anymore. And then you're sad, but like, I'm happy because of the friendships. I'm happy because of everything I've done. I'm, I'm happy because of the, the role and this thing I'm building for my kids and the next generation. You know, like, like, yeah, like it's cool. Like I used to always want to buy sneakers and stuff. Now I can get any sneaker I want, and I, I refuse to buy sneakers. I have the same, I wear the same pair of Vans or uh, team issue Nikes <laughs> all the time. And, and you couldn't get me to not have my mom try to go stand in line for those new Jordans for two days when I was younger. But like, I understand, like, now it, nah, it's about my kids being happy. It's about my wife being happy. It's about making others happy. It's about putting smiles on other people's face. You know, like, that, like that's, that's what's important to me. It, 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 and that's what I think a lot of people figure out. You just got to figure out what makes you rich inside. What makes you wealthy? What, what's, what makes you a billionaire in your heart? And once you realize what that is, you're such a happier person. And so many things don't matter. And, and we all have to figure out what that is, you know, how much is enough, you know, what, what you, you know, you know, get what you need to give.
and we love comfortable and be okay with that. But, you know, wake up every day and enjoy yourself. Just like right now with the pandemic, like, you know, I haven't been able to travel as much, but I got to coach my son's T-ball team. That was, I would get emotional now. I was so happy to be able to coach his T-ball team. Now, it was controlled chaos, you know? <laughs> but to be able to coach his T-ball team, I felt so fulfilled. And that, that was bigger than any truckload of gifts I can give him for Christmas or his birthday, to be able to be on the sideline and coach his T-ball game. So I'm rich and I'm wealthy in, in that aspect. That means more to me than a million dollars because that's something he's going to remember forever. So I think that's – I think for me personally, I think that's what it is. It's what you consider uh, wealth, what, what you happy about, what makes you rich in heart is that's why people without money are sometimes happier than people with money. Totally agree. What do you think, Herb? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard to follow what he just said. I agree with you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Everything that he just said, but it's funny that we that you mentioned about you talk about the things that we're rich in because that's kind of what you know. This book that I just wrote in on September 9th, that came out, "Cracking the Rich Code," Volume Cracking, Four. Cracking the Rich Code. Okay, speaking right. of right, and, and my my chapter in the book, there's 20 other authors, but the authors there's uh, Kevin Harrington, uh, Jim Britt. There's 20 other authors, but my chapter's titled "The Kindness Bridge to Wealth," and it's not about how much money you have, you know. And every person that has written the chapter in that book has different variations of what rich is, and it's never really about money, you know. It's about finding your purpose. It's about finding a reason to get up and, and get moving every single day, which I found post globetrotter career. You know, early on for that first year, I didn't know what you know what to do. You know, I was in a in a, a whirlwind in my mind trying to figure out how to put the, together all the pieces of the things I had accumulated over the course of that eighteen to twenty years. But once I figured it out, I found my purpose. Now, you know, I went from a person who used to sleep to twelve o'clock in the afternoon who can't wait to get up to see the sunrise. So these are the shifts that happen you know, along the course of your life. And now, you know, I was, you know, make, make a, a good living. I'm rich in that. I'm, I'm rich in good health. You know, my kids are doing well, my family as well. So these are the things that I'm rich in and these are the things that I value. And when you're rich in these things, the, the monetary things will come along. I love that. So how did you find your purpose? Because I feel like a lot of people hit a spot like you did when you've had a, a very strong career, a very much of, of an identity career. Like being a Harlem Globetrotter is an identity career. Like when when they when people meet you and they know you're a Harlem Globetrotter, that's exciting. People are excited mm -hmm. to talk about that. It's definitely a defining piece of who you are, but it's obviously not who you are. So what do you do when you've been in this defining defined career for so long and then you refine your purpose? Because you said it took you about a year and all, like how how did you find your purpose in that transition? Because I feel like a lot of people get to that place and they don't know what to do or how to move to the next chapter. Well, a big part of a big part of it was reflecting. I mean, it was going back, being grateful, being thankful for the opportunity. You know, in the beginning, I was a little bit disappointed when it ended because I didn't know where to go. But immediately being able to reflect is like saying, "Oh, when I came in, I took somebody else's position. What did they go through? I was lucky enough to hold that position for eighteen years." probably a few years longer than I should have. But once I left, it opened up the door for someone else to be able to come in and, you know, and sharing that opportunity. So, I mean, what, I mean, that, that's a blessing. That's a, a way to not be selfish and realize that you do have a purpose. All the things I learned along the course of that 18 years are now things that I'm doing because I enjoyed them. I figured out a way to do it my way. They gave me the blueprint 
Now I get to make that blueprint better for me and I get to make that blueprint better for my family and all those close to me. And once I take care of home, like Nate said, everything else will take care of itself and it branches out like a tree. Yeah, that's so true. It's all perspective. It's all getting right in your mind. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What did you guys, what was y'all's secret to success on being such a dynamic duo on The Amazing Race? Because a lot of people go on The Amazing Race and they completely self-destruct. They tear (laughs) each other apart. They hate each other. They're yelling at each other the whole time. And they can't get on the same page and work as a team. You guys were such a strong team and y'all were such strong teammates. Y'all were so good at respecting and working together and playing off of each other's strengths. How did y'all get to that mindset? Because I feel like that is so crucial in life to be able to operate in that way instead of in the negative way. I think um, our relationship was strong beforehand. Like you know, what we had in college, the, he went to school in Louisiana, Sydney. Coach Billy Kennedy was his coach. Um, and when I went to, you know, I'm a little younger than Herb, so when I went, a lot younger than Herb. So when I went to school, <laughs> when I went to school at um, Southeastern Louisiana, I had the same head coach. Um, and so I knew of Herb. I used to walk in his office and I would see a Globetrotter picture of Herb behind him in his office for two and a half years. And then when I (laughs) (laughs) and so when I got the opportunity to um, become a Harlem Globetrotter, the first thing happened was Herb called me, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I I was Coach Kennedy called me, said you're gonna join the team." 
and we build a relationship from there, um, natural, you know, and, and we was friends well, alone before the race, you know, four or five years, you know, her was the best man in my wedding, you know? Aww. So like we have a true like relationship, but beyond a friendship, like you know, that's, that's, that's my best friend. So um, it was easy for us to go in there. We already know how to disagree. We know we disagree in the locker room. We know we disagree on the court. We disagree on the bus. We do. So we know like gotta at the end of the day, you got to keep moving and, it, and it's love, Over. you know, it, it was love. It was never, you know, nothing he's saying during the race on, you know, in front of millions of people was going to be something he's trying to hurt. He's trying to help me and vice versa. No matter what he said, no matter how I felt, um, well, it, even if we had to stick a pin in it and talk about it when we got back to the hotel when the camera was <laughs> off, but we, and we knew we was representing and kids look up to us too also. So we would, and that's who we are naturally. Like if you see, you know, you, you got flight time at Big Easy, but if you see Nate and Herb, you don't see the same thing. We don't put on the show. Anybody who knows personally, they know who we are personally. Now you're going to get the same thing no matter what. So it was easy for us to transition to do it on TV because we just, no matter what, you got to be yourself. And I think people can realize who's, un, who's not authentic on the show. Like from, from when I watch the show, I could tell when somebody putting on for the camera and, and they had people around us who would do stuff <laughs> to us. And then uh, cameras would go off and be like, man, I hope your fans are not mad at me. Or they would apologize to us on screen to just because, you know, they, are, they, are, they don't want the fans to be mad at me. And I don't think we did that. We did everything for real. Like, I was representing my family. He was representing his family. You know, he was representing his mother. I was representing my mother. If I did anything crazy uh, disrespectful to her, my mother would slap me in my head and his mother would too. So there's no way I was taking that chance and doing nothing crazy like that. <laughs> also, I think one of the things that Nate mentioned earlier about uh, like expectations and not, I mean, we never went into that race counting that money as if, oh, we have to win the million dollars. We win we, we the million dollars, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We went into the race to, you know, enjoy ourselves, having a good time. And if that money, you know, comes, then it would have come. Of course, we would have loved you know, to win the money, but that's not what it's all about. Some of those teams go in there thinking we have to win, we have to win, putting that added pressure on themselves. And once things don't start to go the right way, they start to think we're about to lose the money, we're about to lose the money. And then they start to yell at the partner and it just trickles down. So that's one of the first things you have to think, realize you have to go in expecting to enjoy the experience. And now when you get to a certain point in the race, you do click into like we are getting close to the money, but me and him, we never went into it saying that's our money. We got to take mm -hmm. it. That for whoever comes in, you know, first place at the at the last leg of the race, and we came close, but but still no cigar. But at the end of the day, if we'd have won the first time or the second time, we wouldn't have had an opportunity to do it a third time, and I probably wouldn't have had an opportunity to play for an additional eight years. And Nate's ugly face probably would still be running <laughs> up. <in the> <laughs> True. Um, you you brought you brought up a really great point, Nate, and I would love to talk about this. You said y'all know how to disagree. And I mm -hmm. feel like that's a part of life. We're not all going to get along with each other. We're not all going to see things from the same perspective. There's a million mm -hmm. different reasons why we all have, have a different thought in our mind on how things should be. But learning how to disagree in a respectful way mm -hmm. is truly a talent that I feel like many people lack. So, and sometimes I even lack it. Like I find myself, I'm like, why did I just respond immaturely? Like I, why am I not, because like, why am I not disagreeing and having conflict in a more 
loving way. Because just because you're disagreeing doesn't mean you want the other person to be wrong or they're an idiot. Mm -hmm. You disagree. So how do you guys disagree and how do you stay at a high energy level when you aren't seeing things eye to eye? Um, I think for me, um, when I was younger, my, my mother and father, they could not disagree correctly. Um, it was a lot of yelling and, and, and a lot of words you shouldn't probably be saying to someone you love. And, um, and you know, I love both of my parents. My dad passed away right before we did the race the first time. And um, I always said, you know, when I was, as I get older, when my relationships, especially when I have kids, I'm not going to be disagreeing and arguing and fussing and fighting like that in front of my kids with, or in earshot. And I think in order to do that, you have to have a, a you got to talk to your partner, your friend, your, your the relate whoever you have a relationship friendship with, and have an understanding on. Uh, just talk about it. you know. With me and my wife, you know, my wife's a, a psychologist too. So, um, you know, you 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 have conversation. You say, hey, like this is what we want in in life. This is what we want in this relationship, friendship, marriage, whatever. And you set you have to talk about it because you're going to disagree. It's healthy to disagree, I think. I think there's no way you should, everybody should agree on everything. No way. Like my dad used to always say, well, if your girl, if your girlfriend um, don't fight with you, that means she fight with somebody else, you know? So you need, <laughs> you need to leave her alone, you know what I mean? She's in love with somebody else. So I think you have to disagree. You have to um, have those things, but you have to talk about it. And when, whenever you have a disagreement and it goes away that you both don't like and you feel so bad about it and you was yelling at each other or whatever you was doing, that's okay. That's a lesson. That's a lesson. You say, you know what? I feel like this I felt when you said this and then he or she say whatever they say in return. Then you say, you know what? We're not going to fight. We're not going to argue like that again. We're not going to do this again. And I think for me and her, like, we chill, you know, like her, I never, her never you know, gets, raise his voice or get too crazy, you know, a few situations. And I did a little bit coming from my background, I would get a little rowdy and I think Herb helped calm me down my first couple of years on the team with that. Um, and, and I think uh, it was just a match made in heaven with us. I think it was, and we, him talk, we also talked before the race, even though we never had a drag out, fuss out, fight argument, we still Say, listen, if this happened, this is how we're going to handle it. And I think that's important. Even though we and him never had an issue, we still communicate about it. And now when it happens, you know, okay, we'll agree to not do it this way. And I think you do that's that in your smart. house, you know? You yeah. kind of have a blueprint of, okay, when things get tricky or this gets hard and we're mm -hmm. in the heat of the moment, we're going to handle it like this. So we're going to go mm -hmm. into it with this mindset. That's smart to prepare. Yeah, I mean, I love the, that they said we we learn how to disagree because I mean, what's what's happening in the world? We we all have to learn to to disagree. Everything doesn't have to go the way that we want it to go, and that's when I mean, I've talked about that in my book. When people, when you're not doing what people think that you're supposed to be doing, you're an a hole. But when you're doing exactly what they want you to do, and oh, you're the best, you know, supposed to be doing. They think you're supposed to be doing. You're the best person in the world, but everything doesn't have to go our way. We have to be able to see things from other people's perspectives. And when you're able to actually see things from other people's perspectives, it gives you a different view and a different outlook on things, like different experiences from the way people were raised. Like, you know, Nate's background, my background, they were similar, but they were different. You know, Nate came from the projects. He had his mom and his dad. I came up in the projects. I had my mom, my dad was in Texas, but we still had 
some of the similar experiences. My dad was still there. It's just, I mean, so many things in, in life that we have to learn to realize that we have to put, take other people's perspectives in things and things aren't always as comfortable as they may seem to us or as uncomfortable. And I think those are some experiences that we got from the amazing race as well as traveling around the world, being able to see different perspectives, being able to see India, being able to see Sri Lanka. You know, I remember Nate's first year traveling to India and him saying, as we looking out, as we're looking out the window on the bus in India, he's just come from Hurricane Katrina and saying, man, I just came from Hurricane Katrina. And it's like this every day. Like, I'll never forget that. That's one of the moments in my life on the bus in India that I'll never forget that he could be that humble right after that experience and realize how fortunate he was at, at the, and you know, and at that time being one of the most unfortunate people in America having to escape from Hurricane Katrina. That is so true. And okay, that kind of leads me to another question. Why and gratitude, even in the worst situation, you're finding gratitude. And I feel like that is such a secret to happiness. And everyone who's truly living a happy, fulfilled life, I feel like has immense gratitude and and joy in their uh, gratitude basically it sees is able to see the the good out of the bad situation but sometimes situations are just bad and you're just mm -hmm. in the middle of it being bad but how do you get to where you can see their gratitude because right now you were saying this to her there is so much conflict in the world right now there is so much separation and tension and i for me it really weighs on my heart because i I just don't, I want everyone to, to be able to communicate sort of like we're talking about and like, why can't we all just talk? Why can't we all just see what, what needs to happen for the good of the whole and work together? And like, but there's so many other things at play and there's just, it's just such a big messy world we live in. Why does it have to be bad? Like, why do we have to go through these bad suffering periods? I feel like it's just a common theme in life. Like there's just suffering, but then like you're saying you can see the gratitude in your life. Like, wow, I went through Hurricane Katrina, but here's this situation that feels like even maybe worse. Like, why does all this exist? I know that's a really broad question, but like, I just can't wrap my head around it sometimes. Why, <laughs> why we live in this world of so much pain and suffering, but then it feels like it's a part of it too. Did that make any sense? I just totally rambled in a circle. No, I think it did. I think what, you, what you're saying is, and, and how I look at it is, um, you know, you got to crawl before you walk. You know, you, you got to, in order to, and the best thing about winning anything is the journey. You know, I know that sounds cliche, but yes, you know, I, yes, my dad got hurt. Um, but, you know, I was at, now I know how to take care of my family for the rest of my life because of those two years taking the responsibility to go and wash dishes at Agony Orchard House. Yes, Hurricane Katrina hit. Um, I lost everything. Um, but because of Hurricane Katrina, the Globetrotters was doing a charity event in Houston for the victims of Hurricane Katrina. I was in Houston. I got to try out with the team. If I wasn't in, I would never try out with the Globetrotters if, I, if Katrina didn't happen. So, boom, that's a positive from that. You know, you know, you know uh, so many things happen. Like, yes, this bad thing happened, but you got to find out the good thing. Yes, it's a pandemic. I can't travel for six months. Um, and it's in and people are dying and all those bad things which suck so bad. Um, I'm home. I've never been home in 20 years. This is the first time I've been home for six months in 20 years, you know, Globetrotters in college. So it's like, 
oh, like I get to read my, my son's a bedtime story every night. I, I get to go have lunch with my wife. Um, I, I get to you know, go and, and play some golf, you know? Like I, I, you guys, you have to look at the good and everything because if not, like, like Herb said, like, like mentally, you know, you, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna be down on yourself. It's gonna be tough. So you have to try to think like, no matter what, something's good is gonna happen out of something bad. Like every, and my life has been bad, good. Well, quote, not bad, but unfortunate, something come out of it. It, it, it gives you the lessons you need to appreciate everything you have and everything you went through to get those things. Like, you know, I wouldn't appreciate where I live and all the stuff that I have if I didn't grow up how I grew up. You know, if if I grew up, you know, a different way for me personally, then, you know, having a, you know, like I was just the other day, I was sitting down and I was sitting with my sons in their playroom, you know? Um, their playroom is the size of the, the apartment I grew up in. You know, and I was just sitting in there by myself, messing with um, PJ Masks or something. You know, I was cleaning up, and I was like, "Wow, like they have a playroom, like that's that's awesome." You know, but if I wouldn't have went through what I went through, I wouldn't even appreciate that. If I grew up with a playroom, I wouldn't appreciate that playroom. And you know, like if I if I wouldn't have been through through this, if I wouldn't have been through Katrina, I wouldn't mentally, I wouldn't be prepared for the pandemic. I understand, like I lost everything. So if I lose everything again, like it's okay. I know that's this material stuff. Uh, my family's here, you know, everybody's healthy. Like, and, and I think it goes back to that. Like everything is, yes, this bad stuff happening. You have to figure out and understand and take in the bad stuff. Don't overlook it. Don't act like it's not happening. That's the part of dealing. Talk about it. I think the most important thing with me is being able to talk to someone about those things. Even when I said that on the bus about um, Katrina and being in India, that was me getting that out, talking to Herb about it. You know, like if something going on with you, you have to go speak to someone. And, and, and talking to an expert, going to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, that's important when you're feeling down, when those bad things are happening. Like you said, it's just bad. It's just bad. It's just bad, but it's been bad. It's been bad for somebody 40 years ago, 400 years ago. It's been worse for other people. You know, it is, it, it's going to be bad, but what can we do to, you know, come out? Like this the other day, um, one, of, one of my uh, uh, person I met at a Globetrotter game in Denver, he's from New Orleans. Um, his son, um, his son has um, diagnosed with autism. His oldest son, you know, five years old, six, 11 years old now, you know, used to be the center of attention, but now they had to dedicate so much to the kid, you know, who has special needs. And I went over there and, you know, they, and I just, you know, I spent, did some tricks and everything, socially distanced, of course. And the mother, she cried when I, when I was leaving because she was happy that we was able to do that for her son. And so even though all this bad stuff is going on, even though they're dealing with all these things with their other son, she's able to, have a moment of yes like my son is ha happy he he's he's rich he's wealthy in this moment to where now like nate came over did this with him and that's what that makes me happy i can't travel i can't go and put on these shows but i just did this one thing with this kid right now in his backyard and i, I see the reaction he's had to his mother like okay everything's gonna be all right everything's gonna be all right every little small thing is gonna equal to a big thing of 
everything is going to be all right. And you have to think that way. If not, you're going to stay still and you're going to be miserable. That's so true. You have to think that way or else you're going to stay still and be miserable. And I love that. And I love hearing that perspective. And I think it's so important. What are some tips that you guys do to pull yourself out of funks? Like when you're starting to feel overwhelmed and like the world feels like it's gone to hell in a handbag and there's all this shit happening. I, I love what you said though. You, you, you go back into your mind what you've overcome and how it went from overcoming to a blessing, overcoming to a blessing. But it's all about the mindset and it's all about the way you move through those situations. What are some tricks and tips that you do when you are in the middle of the overcoming, when it's not good, when things are bad, when it feels like it's falling apart? What do you do in your mind? Like, how do you get right in your mind? Well, well for me, for me, Caroline, I'll jump in on this. One of the things that I do is, and it may seem a little bit weird, I reflect back to when I was a kid, you know, when I'm like five, six years old and there was not really anything that I had to worry about. I go back to that. Uh, creative space of mind to where I used to dream, you know, and uh, envision what the world would look like when I am, you know, at this point of, of my life. And, if, you know, Nate talked about the pandemic. Through the pandemic, one of the things, a few of the things I've started to do is meditate. Uh, I meditate every day now, at least 15 to 30 minutes. I walk, you know, when I'm not, when I'm, I walk every day, but that gives me time to clear my head. And I turn off the TV. I give myself, again, five minutes of what's happening in the world. And then I cut it off and I start solving for the things that I can solve for right there immediate, you know, within my grasp. So, I mean, for me, those are some of the tricks we have to be able to go back and reflect and clear our head and remember when we didn't have so much to worry about. And we also have to remember the feeling that we have when we're not worried. And we have to realize that that feeling that we're having of anxiety is going to go away. You know, it's going to go away for as painful as it may be in that moment, it's eventually going to go away. So you have to change that that mindset, you know, in, in your mind as well. And those are a couple of tricks that I use. Meditation, reading, walking, exercising. Visualizing your younger self. Yes, yes. And I, and, I, and I talk to people who make me laugh. I watch comedy. You know, I have an aunt in Arkansas. I try to contact her every day because I know that she's going to bring me joy in some kind of, you know, way when I'm down. So reach out to the people who bring you joy. You know, help the people who are, you know, down. But at the same time, try to be around people who are like-minded like you and searching for the same uh, joy and happiness that you're, that you're searching for. Love that. Do you have any tricks, Nate? Oh, um, I think they're similar. You know, I think uh, um, this, whenever something happened that's bad or something going on and you down, um, and it might be tough, just remember when you got through something else. You know, that, that's the main thing. Like, if, if you know, okay, like, you know, he's not going to give you more than you can handle. So... If you've been through this, you've been through that, you, you went through this stage to get to here, like no, nothing is a pathway. No, no matter if it's, you know, relationship with death in your family, financial stuff, you know, everybody's been through something. No one has, nobody has it's been perfect throughout. So just go and dig into that and, and, and talk to your friends, talk to your family, give yourself a break. I and mean, what we like to do, me and my family, me and my wife, we like to go on, go on hikes. You know, I live in Colorado. So, you know, we go up to Boulder, you know, we will walk in the mountains with the kids and you just break away from, from the technology and, and everything. You just being yourself. And, and for me, I, I like to, you know, sit and just talk to my wife and, and just say, hey, like this is going on. What you think about this? You know, how can you help me? Even though she's a child psychologist and she might think I'm a child sometime, too. So it's probably easy, <laughs> might be easy for her to, to diagnose me, too. Good job. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We love boys in the house. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so I just lean on, I lean on her, and and, and just and just just and just try to just be appreciative of stuff. When things are going good, like he said, when things are going good, you got to be thankful. You got to be appreciative. Find out how you can help somebody else in that moment, you know. And when things are going bad, you know, think back to when they're doing good, and and, and just realize that it's going to come full circle. It's ups and downs. You might be, you know, might be at a downslope at that moment, but you know, you're gonna go up. You know, you're gonna go up. So just always know you're gonna bounce back and just just realize what what's important to you. You know, like like sometimes you can be down by something that that's not really that that important in in the big picture. You know, and, and always put in perspective what makes you happy. Like I know right now what makes me happy is being around my kids, you know, talking to my daughters on the phone, you know, like hanging out. Like yesterday, we just sat on the sofa all day and did nothing. That was the best thing in the world. Like always trying to go and do something and have something planned. Sometimes you need to sit down and just, and, and, and like they heard say, take a break, meditate and, and reboot, you know? And, and you know, cause you got it. Like so many people lean on us. Yeah, I know so many people lean on her, but I know from the years of, of being with Herb and as a friend and so many former teammates lean on him for advice and things that he do, but he has to make sure that he's healthy. He got to make sure that, you know, he's doing like, like with the pandemic, my, my wife said like, who's going to be the therapy for the therapist, yes, you know, like, yes. you know, who's go, like the therapist helping everybody right now, but who's going to, who's going to help them. So that's what you got to look at. You got to make sure you taking care of yourself just to be unselfish and help care. And help everyone, you know. So that is such that's a good about. point. That's such a yeah, good like point. <laughs> and how do you, being influential people like you both are, y'all both are so um, so many people lean on you guys. So many people look to you for their joy, for their guidance. How do you not take on the weight of the world? How do you not take on every 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 story and every heartbreak that you hear and how do, how do you not take it on in a negative way? How do you hear all these things, see all these things um, exist with all these different people who are going through different stuff and not carry that burden? Like, how do you make it a positive? Well, I don't think that it's not that you that you carry the burden. I mean, it's there, there's so much going on. And also, again, I think it goes back to what can you solve within right there within your grasp? You know, it's you take a minute, you reflect on things, but you figure out a way that you know, whatever you're sad about doesn't happen to the people that you're close to, you know, and if you're taking care of them, then they're taking care of their people. And again, it just branches out. But I mean, it's, it's difficult. I don't think any of us ignore what's going on in the world. We have to put things in perspective, you know, because again, once you get captured into certain images or faces or parties that you see on television, these are things that can trigger things within your body that you didn't even know that could trigger you. You know, and why are you letting these things come into your home, affect your relationship with the people that you can actually solve for? So, so again, it just all reflects back to, you know, taking care of what you can take care of at home and then, you know, in the community and then branching out from there. Because if you start at home again, like Nate says, hey, it, 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 it expands. I love that. I think, just in love to where you can't help. Yeah. 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 I think. Like you say, when they, the burden of other people, the question you ask, like how you how you handle it, um, I think you you when they when somebody come and speak to you and talk to you about an issue that they having, you might be the first person that they ever spoke has spoken a word about what is going on to them. So in fact, like you you're helping them right there. Sometimes you know you 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 got something big enough on your shoulders to where 
You can take that. You can take that. You can take that. You can take that. And you carry that because you know it's going to help that person. And the moment and the spot that they're in in that moment is not the same spot you're in. So you can take on that burden and talk to them and talk them through that and carry that on. And now whatever you talk to them about, you help them with – you use that for the next situation, the bigger bird, you know, and you can pull back on that situation that that person been through and say, you know what? I had this friend who did this, this, and that, and this is how they survived that situation. And, oh, you know, or you direct them to the proper channels, you know, like, and, and you, you let them know, like, hey, like, I'm not this and that. I don't know everything. Maybe you should call this person to get this help. Uh, I don't think it's a, a burden when you, when you take on other people's stuff. I do think you have to be ready and prepared and you have to be healthy yourself, mentally healthy yourself. Like I said, make sure, you know, you don't take it and it don't become a bad thing. Yes. Make sure everything you do take on is something you can handle and you have somebody to go put your stuff on too, you yeah. know, because you yeah. can't just keep all your stuff inside when the people are unloading on you. And I think okay. it's a blessing to, it's a blessing to, be seen as a person who you can un that people can unload on, and sure. they they trust you, and and, and they they feel like you're um uh, positive, and and you're going to help them. I think that's a that's a, a, a honor, you know. I yeah. think that's an honor. You take that as an honor. Like this person is hurt, they want to. I, I need to call Caroline to talk about this. Like you don't take that as like, oh man, here we go again. I got to listen to this. You take this as you know what. They believe in me. They trust me that, you know, one of your friends might call you instead of their husband or their wife to help you help them. Like, that's good. That means like, hey, like my parents raised a good person to that people that trust their deepest, darkest secrets with me. And they want me to help them go to the light. Like, that's not a burden. That, that's a blessing. You know, and so I, I think true. that's how you look at it. Nate, yeah. That's so true. And I think the key thing that you said for me is that I really registered with is that you have to make sure that you take care of yourself so that you can be that person for someone else. Like I, I can't yeah. just take everybody's stuff in and then just let it consume me and live with it. I have to figure out how to hear it, be there, support people, support people, but then also let it go in a way where it doesn't consume me and make me not effective to be a, a helpful person. Mm-hmm. So that's a, good, that's a good piece of advice that I am going to really internalize. Amy's doing a good job with you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it like being married, married to a psychologist? <laughs> we oh. need to bring Amy on. Bring Amy right now. Amy, Amy. Amy. Out. <laughs> Today's our only off day. She's at the gym taking care of herself, you know? So she's doing... What, what, she's practicing what she's preaching. She she got she yeah, cycle or something. Boy, I'm gonna have to set her something. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. You guys both are very enlightened. Y'all are very wise. Very um, it's just a mix of probably your entire lives. Y'all have seen so much, and you have done so much. And on top of like just your life experiences, the the mental work that you both have done, y'all are both so aware of cycles and mentality and mindset. It's really, really uh, a blessing for me to get to talk to y'all. I mean, obviously, I've loved you guys since the Amazing Race, and I will be fans and adore y'all for life. But 
to be friends with you guys on this level and to hear how your mind works and how you guys maneuver this world and all the different situations that you both have been in. It's really inspiring and I just I feel like y'all are such a blessing to this world and I I am so appreciate I'm so lucky to know y'all and I just fi I find it so um amazing that you guys are using your lives and shining in the way that you are truly helping so many people just by being the lights that you are and that's really awesome thank you for a lot we appreciate that you know we, we don't get to speak to you enough i mean it, it all goes back to self self-improvement i mean we have to uh i mean for myself once i retired i began to read more you know i just finished reading purpose driven life i'm listening to the four agreements i'm halfway through the alchemist which i just got the other day so it's just giving me a different aspect and i just sit and think man i had all those times on the bus when i really didn't read and so much time that i wasted but i guess it wasn't wasting i was taking in and gathering things that they as they come but now i get to actually reflect and figure out you know now that i'm actually living because i'm living for others and not for myself i love that so I have like a couple more questions and I'll wrap up because obviously you'll have other things to do in your life besides talk to me. Although I've loved this conversation so much <laughs> all day. What are, what is a moment that has marked time in your life where when you think about it, it is one of just a perfect moment. It was a moment that just was perfect and it made you feel everything you wanted to feel. What was that moment? Um, for me, it goes back to, I think maybe my first year with the Globetrotters, uh, we was in Sacramento, um, we was doing a Make-A-Wish event with the Make-A-Wish Foundation at the Sacramento Kings Arena. And um, a kid, I walked up to him, his name was Michael, and um, he didn't say much, um, but me and him went by, on the side by ourselves, and we shot hoops, we shot hoops, we shot hoops, we shot hoops. And at the end, he said, thank you, and he walked off. And the next day, we was flying out, and his mother walked up to me in the airport, and she was like, um, you know, that's my son. And, um, you know, he's been diagnosed with this. And um, that was his first time saying a word in eight months. He hadn't, he was, he was for eight months, he hadn't said a word. And, um, and it's crazy now, I think he's like 18, 19, we still keep in touch. Um, he built his first computer at 14 and, and me and him, we text, we talk. And that moment right there, let me know that, uh, um, it's it's bigger than anything you can do and accomplish for yourself. Life is about what you can do for others. And like no matter what I do, no matter what I've done and and, and when I'm when I'm gone, um nothing else matters. Not the money, not the homes, not the cars, is the it's what I've done with other people. So when I leave, I don't want them to say, Man, he did this, he made this, he did that. I want them to tell stories about the time that they spent with me, about the time that I changed their life. And that that right there with Michael um, in, in Sacramento is with me forever because that, when I realized how special the Globetrotters were and how, how, how special, you know, I am as a person to where all I did was sh got, pick up the ball and shot with this kid. And, and he, you know, it, he, he hadn't spoken a word in, in eight months. Wow. And now we text all the time and he's building and he's working out and all these things. And, um, that that was a, a, a awesome moment, and and that's something that you know I'll never forget, and and and, and try to um, recreate um, naturally and organically. You know, anytime I go anywhere and, and talk to anyone, I understand that they can walk away with a good experience, or a bad experience, and yeah. I want all the experience anybody have with me 
to always be good. And, and I, I think that's what I want to leave when I leave. That's what I'll leave here. Like, no matter what, anytime Caroline think about when she talked to Nate in flight time, she's going to always smile and be like, you know what? I don't care what you say, what you think you've been through, what you've seen. I know that those they're good people. And, 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 and that's what it's about. That's my experience. Though. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. What about you, Herb? <laughs> I'd probably say uh, the birth of my kids and probably actually being there for the birth of my daughter, just in that whole uh, entire thing happened and realizing that I had bought a, you know, a new life into the world and my responsibilities uh, were different. And again, I mean, it, it, it all goes back to, you know, dreaming as a kid of being a father someday. So some of the same advice that I'm giving, you know, my son right now at this point. And, you know, it's just really a blessing to be able to see them and know that you're living for a, you know, for a different pur purpose. And, you know, my purpose in the conversation that I have with them is always to ask questions. You know, I'm not always right. Your mother's always, you know, not always right. You get to ask questions and I get to learn, you know, from your experiences. But at the end of the day, you know, putting a life into this world is a great responsibility. And for me, that was the, the most memorable eye-opening thing that happened in my life. And I'm just excited that even in my forties, you know, I've had a great 20 years before, but I get to show that my kids that I'm still dreaming and still creating into my 40s, something that us older people tend to forget. Sometimes we tend to go back and try to live vicariously through our kids and tell them what we used to be able to do, what we could do, but we actually need to show them what we're doing now. You know, take responsibility for what we're doing now and not stop putting so much pressure on them to live, you know, to be what we were not because we still can become what we want to be. I love that. I love that. You guys are amazing. Y'all are so amazing. I feel so thankful to have this bond with y'all forever from the amazing race. That was truly such a special time of life and such a magical memory. Um, I wrap every podcast up with leave your light. What do you, I mean, y'all dropped so much wisdom, but what do you <laughs> want people to know? Go ahead, Herb. I want people to know that kindness is free. Kindness is free. It doesn't cost you a dime. I'm a kindest billionaire. I have more kindness in the world than anybody, I feel. And if we can all get on that level, we can all be kind as billionaires and realize that if we give kindness away with abundance, as we should, we'll never run out of it because there's plenty of it. It doesn't cost you a dime, so give it away. A random act of kindness today, hashtag kindness is free, and let's make this world a better place because we all get to make it a, a better place. I love that. Um, that was awesome. That was real cool. Um, I just want everybody to know that um, no matter what's going on now, it's going to get greater later. Um, whatever you have going on in your life, don't make an excuse. You know, make a change. You know, try try to try to be better. Don't just sit down and be still and, and, and think like, okay, it's over. You know, try try to do something harder. Work hard. Be good. You know. Um, I'm on Instagram now. Check me out on Instagram now. I've been trying to get him on Instagram forever. <laughs> What's your handle? I started following you right away when Herb yeah. said, everybody follow. What is your what are both of y'all's handles on Instagram? I forgot my I actually forgot my handles. Mine is Nate. I mean Nate. I just got it a week ago. Um, no, like, I just, here, just, let me tell you. Just, let me tell you. Is real estate Nate or something? I'll tell well, you. D.A. Trotter 4, the number 4, at D.A. Trotter. Nate has four. the longest Instagram handle of anyone <laughs> in the history of the world. It is at nate.bigeasy.lofton, L-O-F-T-O-N, yeah. underscore, score realtor. I mean, yeah. that's a big one. That's a long one there. Flight when you type in Big Easy, only one. <laughs> Flight Times is at 
Dad Trotter, D-A-T-R-O-T-T-E-R-4. Yeah. Come okay. see me. If you're in Colorado, you need a house. Uh, you know, I'm a realtor, too, uh, training kids. I might start selling gumbo, too. Whatever y'all need, we can do it. Come on, holler at your boy. <laughs> also, motivational speaking, you can hire me or you can hire me and Nate together. You can get two for one. Oh, my hey. God. Let's do it. Hey, we doing everything. Hey, Caroline, big shout out to uh, Amazing Race Season 32 coming up right now. We have to show this love because if it were not for them, we wouldn't be talking as well as the whole Harlem Globetrotters, you know. They're not yep. right now, but I know they're getting ready to try to crank things back up as soon as they get back, uh, you know, as soon as they get the okay. So we have to give a shout out to the people who are part of the reason why we're here. That's right. Yeah, yep. go get your get your Big Easy jersey or any other Globetrotter jersey for, for Halloween. Um you can't look this good, but you could come close. <laughs> and, and Kyle, make sure you on, they can put some makeup on you and make you look nah. like that. And you'll scare a nah. lot of people. <laughs> You're starting a whole nother thing. It's a different thing. <laughs> Get the people what they want. This is what the people really want. They want to hear oh. me talk about you. <laughs> Caroline, you tell, tell Bobby Bones, though, man, my wife, you know, she's a big fan. As I say, she is a psychologist. And on her drive to school, she worked 10 hour shifts for a week. And Oh, her job to work, I'm sorry, to the hospital. She always, you know, that's what she says she listens to. She loves Bobby Bones. That gets her happy, and she gets to smile before she walk in and do what she do. So you make sure to tell I'm sorry yeah. you weren't on the call because Herb is going to be on the show with me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe he was Hey, he was texting me. I said, dude, hold on. We talking to Bobby Bones. Chill out. <laughs> no, nah, I think the, 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 uh, I, when I looked at, when Herb for me the email for the link, you y'all missed the T in my name oh. um, for the email. The email was on there wrong, so I didn't get the email. I saw it in the one heard for me. But it's all good. I could get on there with him another time. Tell him, uh, hit me up. Yeah. It, happy wife, happy life. I'll let it. That's so true. I'll let him know that um, if he ever wants to talk to two of the most famous Globetrotters, uh, I yeah. are right here. Hello. Hello. You got the ugly one and the best looking one ever. <laughs> well, you know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that one. Oh, you guys, I love y'all so much. I really too, feel blessed to have y'all as friends, forever friends. When we, when you have a moment like Amazing Race, it like makes you friends for a lifetime. And yep. I admire you both. I respect you both. And I am grateful to know y'all and follow your journeys. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast and dropping all of this wisdom. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. You know that. Shout out to you and your family. Hope all is well. Hey, yep. Thank you. And let's try to get a reunion one day. I'm not going to say like any Let's do it. Time, but let's do it. We should. I'm with it. Let's do it. I would love it. Okay. I'm with Okay. Love you guys. Y'all have a great day. Too. Bye. Right, Bye. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.